Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business Excellence for Managers podcast. I have the pleasure to present you today an amazing guest from Germany. His name is Hakan Sehan. We met many years ago during the days when I was working as a chief quality officer at a large multinational corporation, and Hakan was working as a senior manager and master black belt at a prominent Lean Six Sigma consulting firm in Germany. He helped me implement business excellence and was a trainer and coach for more than 100 people in the company, covering nearly a dozen business entities. His passion for process improvement, coaching, and his endurance for conducting many workshops and training sessions back-to-back is astonishing. Any of you who have facilitated a training session or a workshop know how much strength and energy it takes to deliver training sessions lasting more than seven days in a row. Once the training was completed, he was ready for the next wave, where he always received very good feedback from the participants. In the consulting industry, you can only survive physically and mentally if you really enjoy what you do. He is always passionate about his work and has had an amazing career development from the beginning. He attained his Lean Six Sigma certification early in his career and worked himself up the corporate ladder. He then worked for five years as senior consultant and master black belt and later became a senior manager. In year 2021, he established a successful consulting company in Germany called Focus and Flow, where he is a general manager. My company, Wave Business Excellence Footprint, and Hakan's company, Focus and Flow, cooperate closely together and complement each other because my clients focus on digital training experience. If my customers need a live training or workshop in their location, Hakan and his team are there to provide outstanding support. The same applies the other way around. In case Focus and Flow has a client who needs digital training experience, then Wave is always happy to provide that service. In today's episode, we covered the topics of what is the definition of business excellence. We spoke about the maturity degree of a program and what are the most common mistakes when introducing a new initiative. In the conversation, Hakan also explains what needs to be done to avoid any initiative to lose momentum. He also explained how he successfully combines Lean Six Sigma with Agile, which is also known as Scrum. At the end of our conversation, he describes the best practices from companies that have effectively implemented a business excellence program. I am very happy and pleased to introduce you to Hakan. So hello Hakan, welcome to the Business Excellence for Managers podcast. Hi Juan, and thanks for inviting me to this episode. Great having you here. Well, my first question is, you have been now so many years in the consulting world and you have seen quite a lot of business excellence initiatives. So from your perspective, what is the best definition of business excellence? Thanks for, for a good question directly at the beginning, which is not so easy to be answered, to be honest, um, since we have the, the situation that business excellence went through a certain kind of evolution. So we are talking about three steps. The first step is the process excellence. So you're facing certain kind of processes. You're looking at silos, which you want to optimize, but that is not enough for a business. So the second step is the operational excellence, which focuses on people, on customers, and also a cultural change. But nevertheless, there's still a certain kind of piece missing. And the piece is the holistic view on your company. And therefore, we need to think about the vision, 
a mission and also a strategy of the company, um, which then also includes a certain kind of continuous improvement culture. So business excellence is really the holistic view on the things. But yeah. nevertheless, it's important. And that is that is my biggest um, criticism at this point, um, talking about the term of excellence. I have a slight problem with the term because it is somehow misleading. Why is that? Because it is leading to a direction of a company which has a certain kind of excellence culture needs to have excellence products, excellent processes, excellent people, and also certain excellent culture. And to be fair, most of the companies does not have that in place. And the question is, when my processes and products are perfect today, what will happen with them tomorrow? So tomorrow they won't be perfect anymore. And therefore, the question for me is, is there another expression which is more or less leading to a certain kind of evolution and development of a company, which is not the term of excellence. But still, I also love the mindset behind the topic of business excellence, that you want to improve holistically together with your customers and your employees. And on the other side, thinking about what is my kind of improvement culture and i also see that in your business name business excellence footprint this is something what i really like because you really rethink the term and i think that needs to be allowed yeah and, and many times people forget that it's not that i need to arrive to a specific destination that there is no end point because it's a continuous improvement and it's the journey that you have to enjoy by continuously being better at what you do because at the end of the day customer expectations will always change and if you think you have done now all the projects needed to optimize a process and then six months later there are new expectations and then you're like okay i'm not anymore where i should be and again you have to continuously improve so therefore it is nothing that you're going to think okay now I'm done where you can say job is now finished you're, in this case job is never finished because you always have to adapt and adjust to the current situation of the expectations yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so when you see that uh, managers speak about different types of maturity degree within business excellence what could you tell us more how can someone measure the maturity degree of a, of a business excellence program yeah, that, that is in fact a very good question because I'm not the biggest fan of those standard maturity analysis, which you can find in booklets or find in, in the literature. Why that? Because I have the feeling that those kind of maturity analysis always suggest a certain kind of level which you need to reach. But the problem is every single company is totally individual so the question is not will i at some point reach a certain kind of standard level or standard excellence level from my perspective it is much more important to see the progress on this journey and yeah. speaking very openly you as an individual company if you really always strive for being super the Consequence is that you are super on your maturity scale, but you are super same also compared to your competitors. And that is causing a bigger problem because then all the companies are same, same, same. And this is what I would also suggest to, to companies I'm working with. 
Look at your progress and therefore ask yourself three questions. The first question is, what was your target condition? So what did you want to reach with this kind of program? Second question, where are you now? Where are you now standing with your current progress? And lastly, what is preventing you from achieving your goals? And if you ask these kind of three questions every and every time again, then you see your progress. You understand, am I still on track or not? And are we continuously growing? And that must be the goal to continuously grow and become better. Yeah, it, that's, I find that really good because it was always hard for me in the past when I was also a consultant to answer that question because every company is at a different level and they cannot compare their processes with process of another company even though they're producing maybe a similar output or a similar service but every company has distinctions and also because they have different people a different culture so all of that you just need to take your status quo and see how you can progress from there and it's just like if you look at yourself as a person and you say I cannot perform the same as another person but the thing is that the other person has a different journey as you had maybe the other person started five years earlier and that's why it's at a different level so therefore everybody has to first look at your own performance where you are today and how you can then progress from there on yeah and, and which are the one of the most common mistakes that you have seen so far that companies do when they start with a business excellence initiative Yeah, there, there are so many mistakes, so it's hard to find the three ones which are mostly common. But I would say there's a systematic mistake what companies do when they start their business excellence initiative. Firstly, most of the time they expect really much. So they set up lighthouse projects with their best people. So in other words, they are high performers. So they searching where are my high performers? performance maybe also train them with the needed skills and then in the third step they ask them to search for topics mm -hmm. but the consequence is that most of the time the topics which are in the area of those high performers are mostly not the right ones which are mostly important now for the companies so The consequence is that you don't get the resources you needed, you don't um, receive all the, the time you need, and therefore the projects won't be successful. Lastly, it leads to the fact that everyone in the companies see the lighthouse projects as failure and have a gut feeling, hey, if my high performers are even not able to make the project successful, how shall the other people do that? And this is a big mistake. So rather search for the right topics and then search for people who are able to fulfill those projects. Yeah. Secondly, try to bring not in external consulting firms who do the job for you. Rather search for enabling partners who will teach you to do that by your own. Because the problem is, as soon as the consulting firm is out of your company, and hopefully they are soon out, because otherwise you're paying much money, the program will be dead. Yeah. I can say that crystal clear. The program will be dead. And that is really a problem what uh, companies are facing. So rather search for an enabling partner who teaches you and coaches you within this progress. And lastly, I would say 
very popular topic uh, which everyone says and names but always forgotten and that is the key word about change <laughs> so if you want to do a kind of transformation also within the field of business excellence companies mostly forget the people who are standing behind who need to do the job who need to drive the execution of the program and therefore they need to be supported in a very tight way and that is about change yeah. so those are the the three biggest mistakes from from my perspective yeah. so i can confirm everything you said yes because uh, before we met uh, at, at the previous uh, company where i was working i was also working as a consultant and yes that's definitely those top points that that you mentioned And especially the area of um, having the empowerment, so having an enabling partner, because I've seen that uh, the business model of some consulting companies is that they just give them enough information, but not all of the information, because they always want to be called back again to come and, and help them out. And that's, and that's not, I think, a sustainable business model doesn't come very good to the customer <laughs> and yeah but it's sustainable for the consultant yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly yeah so one one thing which is very interesting for me to know is that when a company rolls out a new initiative if it's a quality initiative or if it's a business excellence initiative it could go on for a couple of years before it loses momentum but in your opinion What can be done to avoid that we lose that momentum and how to keep the spark alive so that the program can be in the company for many years to come? Amazing question. One thing what I, I always tell the people who come to my trainings is after the training, stay together as a community. Stay together. So rethink the process. You have similar problems within this kind of journey. So stay in touch rethink the th things you are doing and try to also see the development of the company as a process which you can then also improve and joy positive results and all those things are then also coming and to be honest as i already said we have individual companies so they require also individual solutions for this kind of problem mm -hmm. creating the momentum so some some companies really need feasible results other companies need better communication other companies need uh, practical approaches so combining training and projects so this is some kind of different company by company but um, create a community and based on the community try to develop and evolve it yeah excellent i think things that companies do not realize is that if a program fades away and they try to reinitiate again a new program in the future it's always going to cost much more effort much more time and money instead of they just focusing on keeping the momentum on the current uh, program yeah? and that's something that not many companies are able to do for a long long time and if i think about those who have done it now since 10 years, maybe even 20 years without fading the capacity of bringing good results every single year. It's probably just like a handful that comes to my head right now because most of the companies fall into the cycle of, okay, there was a start and then it just faded away. Then we start something else with a new name and then it, it just fades away. And every time this happens, 
you will have a higher resistance level in the organization because people have seen all these patterns and people say, oh, no, not again. And the similar thing, but with a different name. And now, you know, I don't feel like taking part because I already took part last time and it's just going to happen the same like in the previous years. So therefore, it gets more and more challenging in the future if this keeps on going over and over again. Yeah. And for the part of Lean and Six Sigma methods, they have been now around for many years. And you have seen the benefits of the transformation that can bring to different industries. And since the last couple of years, there's now the Agile and Scrum method that has been talked about quite often. And I've also heard that you have used these two methods together. You have combined them. And could you tell us more about it and maybe an example? Yeah, that that is a very good question because the the question is at first why is the demand rise in the in the recent time, and when we talk with managers, most of them tell us that they have the introduction of agility on their top agenda. So it is in fact one of the most important topics, and we were asking ourselves the question: Why is that? Why do everyone wants to have the agility in place? And when we ask them, "Why do you want that?" most of the time we hear terms or sentences like, "Yes, I want to be more attractive for my employees because uh, the agility brings lower hierarchies with it, and also we want to improve ourselves. We want to be more agile, also in a way that we are." are faster in the adaption of changing market conditions. We want to be more profitable and so on and so forth. So there are always problems behind which they as managers want to be solved. So they think agility is the right answer. But in fact, it is not the right answer because looking back at, at the topics of process optimization, this is something where Lean and Six Sigma is much better in than the agility. But to be honest, the agility also brings one piece of the jigsaw with it. And that is the part of collaboration. And this is what we were seeing as a big strength of agile methods. And therefore, we are now able to answer questions in the direction of how do I cut my strategy down into smaller pieces? How do I ensure that my teams are working in a cross-functional way on the right topics? How can I also ensure that we are working at the right topics in terms of the customer? So do we know what the need and the demand of the customer is? And do we also work in his or her sense? Yeah, that is what the agility is very strong in. And therefore, we thought, hey, it makes sense to combine the two worlds of optimization and collaboration and build one product out of it, which is then also leading me to a resilient corporation and also a, a system of self-development. Yeah, and maybe a, an example where we can slightly see that in the past, most of the companies do their Six Sigma projects in a very long manner. So they are working for almost or sometimes above six months on a project. So when you start with your project initiative and define a problem, then at the end, after the six months, when you have the solution, maybe the problem is already gone, especially when it was important enough. Yeah, that is really a problem. So the agility brings 
with it, the more precise slicing of the topics into mm -hmm. smaller pieces so that you are able to work on the smaller pieces. And yeah, that is yeah. what we are doing with this kind of program. That's really good because I remember when uh, we started brainstorming about this and we came to this conversation many years ago when we were working together and uh, we did also this pilot phase with uh, in the company where I used to work for. And what they really liked about that concept was that they did not have to stick to that project plan that they had for their project, which was maybe three, four, five, six months long. And uh, no matter what happened, they had to stick to the plan. But then using some of those tools and that mindset of being agile, we were always having those regular status meetings to see where are we today and what is the next steps that we should do? Should we go more now this direction or the other direction? So therefore you are more flexible with your approach. You know your destination but your approach was more flexible and you can always adapt yourself much much uh, more easily than if you try to stick to the plan that you created six months ago yeah, so that was really a great experience yeah. exactly cool. so the next uh, question could be quite interesting for a CEO for example or a leader from a company um, if they would like to start a business excellence program sometime this year and would like to implement some of your suggestions, what would be the first things that you would ask them or one of the first things you would advise them to do? Yeah, I think my biggest advice is that they should start to do their homework at first before they start with an business excellence initiative. So think about the basic questions like what do I want to achieve with this kind of initiative? Otherwise, it will, after a couple of years, will be your new training program and everyone is running through it and has the certain certificate and is super proud. But does that really solve your problem? Question mark. Big, big question mark. So think about what is the purpose of the program and then you are able to steer the program. Otherwise, you're not able to do that. Then you need to be reacting on on the current yeah. situation and i think that is not something what a manager wants to uh, secondly you need to ensure sufficient capacity optimization can't be done on top so you need to cut other things which are not so important away so that you are able to work on the topics and bring them further so you need enough capacity for an optimization program and not just choosing person who are available at that moment. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, so really think about, do I have capacity? And if, if I see project yeah. teams, they will need roughly 20% of their time. So one work day a week is the minimum level to really make an optimization journey. And lastly, cut your topics down into small pieces and it's better to have the topics done than having them perfect. So don't make the solutions bigger and bigger and bigger because then they will require a lot of time for the implementation. Rather think about what are the quick and good solutions which help me in order to be more successful with my topics. Yeah. Exactly. Because as you said, you know, everybody has to decide what is it that I want to achieve? What is the biggest improvement I want to achieve with that initiative? Is it more 
maybe the focus on company culture or is it more the focus on just getting my processes more efficient or maybe improving my customer satisfaction ratings or the NPS score. So there's so many different directions you can set your focus in. And that's really the first thing I think one should ask themselves. And once they know that, then we know how to make uh, the setup and the deployment so, so that it fits for their organization and their needs. For the next question, without using any company names, uh, do you have any good examples of companies who have done a deployment and uh, what have they done? What have you seen? What, what is it that they did was so good? Yeah, I could easily say uh, the companies uh, where you were at, Juan, uh, were the companies <laughs> which were very successful. Uh, but making it not too easy for me leads me more to the question, what is also the systematic value which they bring in and what is the benefit what they normally bring in so um, that the company is evolving and here i see plenty of companies who do the job very well um, and those are most of the time the companies who understand optimization as their new dns so they see it as the most important topic in the whole organization to evolve, to develop, to become better. And then this will become also the most important job of the CEO. So not having it somewhere in a, in a small department where the people need to enroll that. No, it must be the job of the boss by him or herself. Yeah, this is where I see companies which are much better than others, understanding it as their most important activity. And it also should be, I think, visible on the organizational chart because many companies I've seen, they say, oh, where are we going to put this program? Oh, let's hang it up here on the IT or let's hang it up under communication or somewhere just to have some place to put it. Yeah? And, and then you look at the organization chart and it's somewhere like in the middle maybe, but then there is no power for them to be able to do end-to-end -end processes and do improvements in areas where it's not even their area of responsibility because others are going to say, hey, you are an IT person. Why are you coming and want to optimize things that are happening here in sales or in back office? And uh, and therefore, when, when I started with Business Excellence in one of the companies where I worked for, I told them, I need to be visible in the organizational chart and I need to be somewhere higher in the organization chart. So ideally right next to the CEO, because we are the ones that will have then the sponsorship and the empowerment to be able to go through the whole organization and look at the end-to-end -end processes. And that uh, is also the examples that you can see from other companies, like let's just say Toyota, yeah, who are very famous on doing all of these kind of initiatives. And you can see on their organization chart, quality officer is very high. And when there's something wrong, then they have to look at what does the quality officer say about that and why did things not work right. And when you see that on the organization chart, then you already know, okay, that's something that's important for that company. And if you look at somebody else's organization chart and say, where is the topic quality in your organization? And you're like, oh, you don't see it here, but it's somewhere <laughs> hidden behind IT or somewhere hidden behind communications. Then they know and even the employees will see, okay, then that topic cannot be that important really for the organization if it's not even visible on our chart. 
Yeah, mostly at the end of the process chain. Right? Yeah, <laughs> there you find quality. That's right. That's right. Oh, just before the customer. <laughs> and from when we speak about, we've seen so many different types of measurable outcomes that can be a result of these initiatives. Uh, what would you say is usually like the return on investment? Because if somebody's listening this to, for the first time and they're thinking about implementing business excellence, and they say, "Well, I need to invest money for this program." Uh, what is usually from your experience what comes out of it what's the return yeah indeed it's also hard to be measured but what we do since a couple of years is that we directly ask our customers after a certain while hey customer what is your result so what did you achieve what are your benefits out of the program so the typical return on invest is something about one to ten so if i invest ten thousand euro then probably i will get out of the system something like one hundred thousand something like that um but the bonus for us is when we go into the communication and collaboration with the customers then we directly receive a feedback and out of this kind of feedback we are able to develop ourselves also further. And one example, what popped out of one of those customer talks was that some customer said, hey, my return on invest is not so high because most of the people are shy to apply it in the reality. And the reason is because they don't really know how it needs to be applied. And therefore we invented or founded an, a new uh, concept, which is called training on the project, where we walk through a real project within the, the training. And this increased the return by far already in the training. So after the week, you already have some project results, which is fantastic. Yeah. And that's really amazing because then you can really immediately see what's the benefit coming out of each of these waves that you are doing. If you're going to train, let's say, 10 people in either lean practitioners or green belts or black belts, and you know that each one of them has a real project that is based on a real business problem that we have and it's being solved. So if you have a classroom of 10 people, then you already have 10 problems solved at the end of three months or four months, five months when they're done with their projects. And that's the, the nice thing. It's all measurable. And it's something that what, what was for us, at least when you were also helping us with the deployment, that you see that the investment that you do for each employee for the certification is only a small part compared to the improvements that are being generated for the company. Um, so... Again, thanks for that, Hakan. <laughs> you have done really good uh, work in those days when we were together in, in that big project. Thanks. And one of my final questions, because our podcast is now coming to the end, is um, could you tell us a little bit more about your company, about Focus and Flow, and what is your mission and vision for the future? Yeah, it's a very good question. Uh, so Focus and Flow was founded by a couple of senior experts who are since many years in this kind of field of business excellence and optimization. And we are really purpose and implementation driven. So our goal is to have a sustainable and effective implementation of topics. And we recognize as the team, as I already said some sentences before, that some companies hire external consulting companies to get their problems done. 
But the problem is that they need to learn it by themselves to make a self-evolving system out of it. And that is our purpose to enable the companies to develop on a continuous journey and to stand quickly on their own feet. So this is what we want to teach so that they are able also to answer questions like, how do I want to implement my strategy? How do I slice the, the bigger topics into smaller pieces? How shall my organization collaborate within each other? How will we be customer focused? And this is why we also doesn't see ourselves as a classical consulting firm. We rather see ourselves as a consulting hub where we develop standard products which help our customers to do the things by themselves. And that leads to a more sustainable and more healthy world because those companies are more successful and then they have the time to focus on the right and good yeah. things. And this is why we awake every day <laughs> with a smile on our face. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really good because uh, that same happened to me when I started with uh, my company. I was also thinking, should I make it a classical consulting company or should I focus more on a training company? And I said that maybe if I focus more on training, then it will hopefully give my wisdom and all the things that we have learned in the past and pass it over to the clients and then help them, as you said as, as well, yeah, to enable them to be able to do it themselves so that they maybe someday hopefully don't need us anymore in that specific uh, issue or in that specific program. Yeah, very good. And to finalize, where can we find you, Hakan, and your company? Yeah, you can find me via LinkedIn. Um, so Hakan Zehan is my name. Uh, I'm sure, Juan, you will uh, also link my contact deal details here in the in the show notes yes and you can also find us on our web page which is called f-and.com so mm -hmm. uh, it stands for the focus and the flow the most important elements for companies to yeah to be successful and yeah you will find me if you want so um, <laughs> we are happy to also um, support new customers and old customers with our methodologies tools and approaches excellent well thanks a lot hakan for this uh, time that you invested for the podcast it was great having you on board and i will see in the agenda throughout the year maybe we'll have a second session again <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to it and thanks a lot juan it was much fun and yeah good exchange thanks, thanks a, lot. a lot bye bye <laughs> i hope you enjoyed this conversation with hakan in the show notes, you will find a link to a downloadable PDF with the learning nuggets and simple action points. You can choose the action points that best fit your current situation and evaluate whether they brought you value. Feel free to let me know how it went. Your feedback is important to my team and me so we can continuously improve the value we deliver as we want to give you the most from each episode. Please rate, subscribe, send in your comments and share with those you think could profit from this episode. It's very much appreciated and I am grateful for your messages. I am also a work in progress and I strive to do things better every day. Investing in yourself is the best investment. Therefore, if you are interested in finding out more about courses and certification programs that were designed for you as a manager to further boost your business excellence initiatives, please go to the Courses for Managers tab in my company website. 
On the other hand, if you want to further develop your employees or perhaps your high performers so that they can bring even more value to the company and learn new skills and methods for solving process issues, then please select Courses for Employees tab on our website www.wave-bef.com. Thank you, stay tuned, and I'm looking forward to seeing you soon in the next episode.